every time you hear these horns, it's the panel RNZ National. It is wonderful to be with you. Kia ora. Well, today, just over a year ago, a high-profile talk station launched with Tova O'Brien as its face. A station that believes in fairness, accountability and truth. And a station that wants to help understand all perspectives and not jump to conclusions. We won't get it right all the time, but we can't get it wrong if we do it together. So hi to my welcome to the all-new Today FM. Well, broadcasters on the station told their audience this morning they're going off air and have been instructed to play music. This is a betrayal, host Duncan Garner said. We talk about that just after four with Tim Murphy of Newsroom. Five different scenarios for an additional crossing over Auckland's Waitamata Harbour. Shovels in the ground within six years, that today. And two senior staff members in Jacinda Ardern's office knew about MP Stuart Nash emailing confidential cabinet discussions to two donors as far back as 2021. What questions does this raise? And this came up on the office today. Let's call it phase foods, foods that you go into a phase of eating for no reason. Ayana said hers was fruit bread, of all things. Mine, I'm moving into a crumpet phase, crumpets and golden syrup. <laughs> What's your phase food? Text me, 2101, email the panel at rnz. .co.nz. With me, Julie Woods, professional speaker from Otipoti Dunedin and ambassador for Blind Low Vision NZ. Julie, lovely to have you here. Hello, Wallace. Thank you. It's great to be here. Yes. Also, David Farrar, editor of Kiwi Blog, owner of Curia Market Research, whose clients include National Party and co-founder of the Taxpayers Union. David, good to have you on the panel. Great to be back. Nice. So Julie and David are joining me for a uh, uh, news and action-packed uh, Thursday afternoon here on the panel. There is so much to talk about, but here is an amazing story and one that has gone around the world. How's this for a pretty extraordinary story of beginner's luck? An amateur gold digger in the Australian state of Victoria using a budget metal detector hit the jackpot when he found a large rock inside a whopping quarter of a million dollars worth of gold but when he tucked it into his backpack he had no idea how lucky he was well darren kemp was darren camp rather was the one who valued and bought the nugget from the lucky digger and is on the line from victoria darren good to have you on the panel in new zealand yeah, good to um, be on. Um, yeah, and so lucky he was. Um, and I, I think you know he, he's found it because um, he's probably looked somewhere where us professionals don't. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this guy walks into your shop with a backpack, doesn't expect much. What did you first think when this man emptied this rock out of his bag? Well, a lot of the times prospectors come in and they'll. They'll say, oh, I've got gold in, in my pocket, and they'll bring it out, and it's a, a rock that looks like a bit of gold, or it's fool's gold, it shines in the sun. And, look, I didn't think much of it, and he pulled this rock out, and he put it in my hand, and he said, do you think there's $10,000 worth in it? And my hand just dropped, and so did my jaw, and I said, try 100000 And he looked at me, and he said, that's only half the rock. And I said, what do you mean? <laughs> he, um, he, he said, oh, well, I got this sound in the rock and I broke it open thinking that 
there'd be a nugget inside the rock because it was very dirty. And he said, once I cracked it open, I could see gold in it, but he didn't realise how much gold was actually in that rock. And, um, yeah, he, he like I said, there's 100,000 in that rock. He said there's another half to it. So two weeks later, he brings in the other half. He dropped it off to me. He went to lunch, um, come back. So he trusted me. Um, he come back and I said, I've got some good news. I said, there's, um, you know, 2.6 kilos of gold in there, 83 ounces, which equates today $240,000. Australian. Oh, my goodness me. Stay there, Darren. We've got a panel with us. Uh, Julie, I don't know if you've been prospecting for anything at all in your life, but what what a story this is, Julie. It's just amazing. Darren, I live an hour from... Um, Otago, the site of where Gabriel Reed found gold here ah. in the 18, 1860s. And he went, he returned from Lawrence with a, a knapsack full of gold, went to the bank um, and cashed it in, and then went round to the local newspaper and told everybody where he had found it. Do you think the lucky um, digger will do the same thing? No, I don't think you'll be telling anyone. Um, look, uh, since the 1850s, when gold was found, there's just still a lot of secrecy around. Um, and look, yeah, look, I, I didn't ask him exactly where he found it, but I did ask him roughly, you know, where. And his response was basically from uh, Bendigo in Victoria to Ballarat to Sananad, which is probably, gee, be, <laughs> you know, it's probably 200 kilometres between lines there. So it's a very large parcel of land. And that's where the biggest nuggets in the world have been found. Wow. The triangle. Wow. Now, uh, we've got David Farrow with us as well. Uh, David, you'd be, uh, uh, you, surely you'd have done a little gold prospecting in your life? Well, a kid like most kids who visited the west coast of the North Island, yeah. you do a wee bit there, and I think you might find a quarter gram if you're, you're lucky. What, what surprised me about this story, and this might reflect my ignorance, but I thought that generally you know, those who professionally prospect for gold, you tend to find smelly, fairly small amounts. You might find quite a few small nuggets. How unusual, I guess, is my question, is it for anyone, a professional, a company, to find one of this size? It just seems amazingly large. It is a rarity to find nowadays. Look, um, I started detecting prospecting in the 1980s. Um, it took me six months to find my first piece, which was 4.6 grams, which is about the size of your nail. The biggest I've ever found is a 24-ounce piece, but um, look, it is a rare to find something of this size, this gold specimen. Um, you know, in, in the 1850s, they would have found large ones basically sitting on top of the ground. But Gosh. to find one with a detector nowadays is, is very rare. Yes, I can relate to David saying, because I too went to Westport and I found uh, a speck of gold uh, and you, they put it in a little glass jar for you and I still have that little glass jar at home and if you look hard enough, you can see the gold. Um, this here is extraordinary. Are you surprised? I mean, this has gone internationally, the story of BBC, The Guardian, around the world, Darren. Look, we've had phone calls from California, America, <laughs> um, Singapore, <laughs> Dubai. It's just, I, I can't believe, um, yeah, look, I, it is a very rare piece. And look, I, 
I still look at it every day um, when it's not in the bank vault. But um, yeah, it's just yeah, it's it's just incredible. Do you, so you you're the you're the owner of it now. Yes, yes, I I did purchase it. Um, he come he showed it to me before Christmas. I purchased it just before Christmas. Um, yeah, and um, yeah, I've got it. So, so do you just I just like. Yeah, as an object just, of beauty, do you just get it out um, and put it beside you? You've got your PJs on, you get it out and put it beside your bedside and just polish it? <laughs> I just like looking at it. I really do. Uh, when I found the 24-ounce piece, um, that was in Western Australia, but I, I drove home and I tell people the story where it sat on the seat, it sat on the dashboard of the car, it sat on my legs. I just looked at it for 2,800 kilometres. I couldn't believe it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's lovely to have you on the program, Darren. Uh, and before you go, so what happens yeah. to this massive um, chunk of gold now? What what do you do with it? Look, I'll probably hang on to it for a while until I get sick of looking at it. And then, yeah, hopefully someone wants to buy it around the world. And look, there is collectors around oh, of large nuggets because you just don't get them. Very good, Darren. All the best, and I hope you keep up with all those international calls uh, wanting interest. Okay. Yeah, that's Darren Kemp, who was the one who valued and bought this massive nugget of gold uh, in Victoria, Australia there. Uh, phase foods are coming through. I can relate to this when I said mine is, uh, you know, these, the phase food is foods that you all of a sudden, for no reason, uh, just have a yearning for and mine right now uh, are crumpets with golden syrup. I mean, it's really straight out of 1979, isn't it? When the last time I had a golden syrup crumpet. But someone says Huntley Palmer's cream crackers and cheddar cheese. Keep them coming. Text me 2101. It's time, as always, on the panel for IBT. That's I've been thinking. Julie Woods in Dean. Take it away. What's yours? Well, Wallace, I went to the supermarket a couple of weeks ago with my husband and bought some Cadbury cream eggs. And when I got them home, I divvied them out, as you do, one for me, one for him. Um, And I thought to myself, these feel smaller than they used to. And because I'm blind, I see with my fingers. And I thought, I don't think these are as big as they used to be. And I just wondered if anyone else had noticed the same. Very interesting, I've been thinking. So you felt with your fingers these cream eggs slightly smaller. The question is, is it in your mind or are they actually smaller? Um, I think there's a name for this. Someone will know, text me, 2101, when yes. products get smaller. Um, and is there anything else that you felt, Julie, that has got a little bit smaller uh, over time. Yes, it seems to be a common practice at the moment, Wallace, when you go to the supermarket and pick things up, they're half half the size they used to yes. be and they keep the price the same. I think it's a, a deliberate ploy to make you think that things haven't gone up in price, but they reduce the quantity. I've noticed it with uh, cheese, sausage rolls, but definitely the size of the Cadbury cream egg. It was, was quite smaller. pronounced. Yeah, for me, as a blind person who ate one a year ago, so it's a bit difficult to judge um, because time gets in the way. But that's what I noticed. Good on you, Julie. Thanks for that. Okay, uh, David Farrer, I've been thinking. 
Well, a few weeks ago, I did something I don't think ever happened before. I drove from Wellington to Palmerston North, and there was no congestion the whole way. Uh, um, it used to be that you'd first hit the congestion, you know, at Mana, where it goes to one lane around the roundabout. Then you'd hit some more, sometimes five minutes, heading into Pukuru Bay, where it merges. Then you have the big delay at... Um, Paraparam, more delay at Waikanae, a big delay at Otakio. The total time you could spend would range from 20 minutes to an hour and a half. And because you've now got these three motorways or expressways, and it was amazing. Just, you know, never had it happen before where I just drove all the way to Palmerston North where I didn't have to slow down at all, let alone stop. So it does just show for me that actually if you get the traffic planning right and you have these projects link up, it can make a real difference. Because, you know, sometimes there's a view, well, if you build more roads, you know, it just means more people drive on them, nothing gets better. But if you ask the average Wellingtonian, uh, I think they'd be pretty happy with that. Also, the good news I saw today on stuff, I think, that the accidents uh, on that northern corridor have dropped by 75 80%. Okay, so the money, the investment, the time, David Farrow, you think absolutely worth it? Yep. Very good. Thank you, David. I'd be interested to see what uh, you think of this. Now, uh, what have we got here? Someone, Gold Dust Foxy, this is on Twitter, has the answer, Julie. I think you're thinking of something called shrinkflation. But it means the uh-huh. actual shrinking of products. Interesting, isn't it? It's called, sh- yeah. oh, they're all coming through shrinkflation. <laughs> Very good. Julie Woods and David Farrer on the panel. Oh boy, there is a lot to discuss today, including Today FM, straight after four.